It was a very cruel scene. Executed in an unusual manner. Cruel Coven. Hi, Bagels with Cream Cheese. Welcome to the motherfucking minisode. I'm Katie. I'm Tori. And this is Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. I took the damn reins on this mini episode. She took the reins and she fucking... So today I'm going to be telling you all about Victorian era death, mourning, and funeral customs and etiquette. Oh, etiquette. That's important. Yes. Some of the things they did when a loved one died in Victorian England were interesting, to say the least. Okay. I read an article about this on Ancestry.com a few months ago, and I was just fascinated because death is just so different today. Like, what we... I mean, obviously, death is death, but, like, the things that you do when a loved one dies, Mm -hmm. it was so different back then. Yeah. In terms of, like, our, our etiquette and customs, and Victorians were almost obsessed with death. Ooh! The premature death of Prince Albert, Queen Victoria's husband, was kind of what propelled all of the customs I'm about to tell you about because Queen Victoria loved him so fucking much. She was enamored with him. They had all these fucking kids together. Queen Victoria fell deeply into grief when he died and she wore black every day of her life from that point on until she died in 1901. So Victorian England kind of fell into this quote, good death philosophy, and it was common thought that diverting from this strict and complex set of rules meant that you and the rest of your surviving family were failures. If you didn't do all this stuff, you were failures. Okay. Societal failure like me. And me. (laughs) And when you take into account the high rates of death at the time, especially in children, it's like they were constantly just surrounded by it. Someone was always fucking dying. And guess which gender most of this fell on the shoulders of? Females. That's right, women. (laughs) A death in the family is already hard enough, but women were expected to follow through on this etiquette, and especially widows. They had to just be the physical embodiment of grief. And if they didn't mourn the death of their husbands for two years minimum... Who came up with that rule? Minimum. They just weren't doing it right. If if they didn't do that, they failed. They had to wear dark clothing during this time, become shut-ins, and isolate themselves while their husbands continued to work. Of course. And if that's how you feel, and a lot of times, yes, it is. Like if you know, if your husband dies, you're you're grieving and you're mourning. But people mourn in different ways, and this was pressured upon them. Right. Like they had to. And since people mourn in different ways, I imagine it was extremely hard for those who just wanted to move on Mm -hmm. after you know after a certain amount of time but they couldn't society wouldn't allow it so there were some phases of mourning for widows and widowers but mostly widows because let's just continually put the pressure on women to act like a fucking lady at all times while some chose to wear black for the rest of their lives a la queen victoria they would wear it for at least two years like i said and after a certain time passed they could begin incorporating a little color during half mourning when you're only half sad like dark purple or gray of course. The style, fabrics, and colors women wore during mourning let others know who she was mourning, a husband, a child, a sibling, a parent, or a, another family member. Crying in public, even at funerals, was considered bad. So you had to be really sad and live in darkness for two years, even if you didn't want to, but you couldn't dare yeah. cry in public. Whoever made up these fucking rules is fucked. That doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. You cannot cry, yeah. but you have to be sad. That's just what you did. Women cannot cry, but they must be sad. You must be sad. 
There were also a lot of superstitions involving the death of a loved one. Like, they thought they had to cover up their mirrors and windows to keep their loved one's soul from getting trapped inside of them. And to prevent spirit possession, they would also cover any photos or portraits or turn them, like, turn them around or flip them over. Covering the mirrors was also a way to keep all the attention on the deceased because they thought that leaving them uncovered would lead to vanity and they just couldn't have women start to care about what they looked like at a time like this. Next thing you know, they'll start taking over the world and we just can't have that. You're going to end up liking yourself. Honey, if you give me a mirror, I'm going to hate myself even more. (laughs) It was also thought that if you happened to catch your reflection in the mirror while visiting a house in mourning, you were next. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine the goddamn anxiety I would have? I know. Oh, God, is it a mirror? What if there's a mirror? Is there a mirror? going to be a mirror I there? wouldn't go anywhere. going to be a mirror? No, you wouldn't. Nope. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stopping their clocks at the time of death was another way they thought they were going to ward off bad luck. They thought that by doing so, they were giving the deceased time to pass into the next life. I'm sorry. <laughs> the look the- you're giving me is so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this whole thing sounds incredibly anxiety-inducing. Mm-hmm. I cannot even imagine living during this time in England or wherever the fuck this was. Yeah. They wouldn't restart their clocks until their loved one was buried, unless it was the male head of the household. In that case, they kept their clocks stopped forever. Oh, because when the man dies, Mm. our life stops. (laughs) Yeah. Go fuck all of yourselves. Removing removing the body from the home feet first was another superstition. They thought the house would be haunted if the body was carried out head first because then the deceased would be able to see where the house was and come back and haunt it. Like (laughs) the house that they lived in. Yeah, why the fuck would you? You know, quick thing, quick side note. I asked my grandma a spot Mm -hmm. to come back and haunt me. She hasn't yet. And they thought that if they were carried out feet first, they would be able to call other spirits or even lure the living family members to their own deaths. So wait, remind me, they were supposed to be carried out head first or feet first? Feet first. Because they didn't want them looking at everything as they were being carried out. But they're not going to look at anything because they're fucking dead. Sorry to be, um, you know, a little brash here, but yeah. (laughs) And speaking of portraits, death portraits were common practice. And I know most of us have seen some of these or at least heard of them. Have you ever seen these? Oh, yeah. Getting your picture taken was really expensive back then. And a lot of the times these photos were the only ones that they would have of their family members. But they weren't just photos of the deceased in their caskets. They would have them photographed propped up as if they were alive. It's just creepy as fuck. Creepy as fuck. And sometimes they'd even paint eyes onto their eyelids. They would usually be posed in a natural setting. And a lot of times their families would be sitting with them. I I mean, no pun in, in, intended, but I would rather die. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Honestly. Isn't that... It's, I, I could never do that. No. No. Children would typically be posed with one of their toys oh, or their siblings. Fuck. And sometimes they'd even have the dead person standing up with clamps to keep them upright. You've had the same look on your face this whole time. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Another common practice was to keep locks of hair of the deceased, and it would be woven into clothes, used in shadow boxes, made into jewelry, wreaths, or corsages, and I've seen a lot of these in person, and they're beautiful, and sometimes you just can't, you don't know that it's hair. I don't know, it creeps me out. If an infant died, a lot of the times parents would have doll versions of their babies made, and it's still somewhat, it's like a thing today. 
They were called grave dolls or mourning dolls, and sometimes they would be left at the infant's grave, or parents would keep them at home in a crib, a shadow box, or even a little coffin. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) They'd be made of wax, usually with fabric bodies, and flat backs so they could lay in their little doll coffins. And they'd have them commissioned by the artist to look just like their baby. They sometimes used some of the baby's real hair, too. It's another thing that they did with the fucking hair. Another type of mourning doll would be given to little Victorian girls to help them prepare and practice for when they would inevitably have to mourn for real. They were going to, there's all these fucking rules you had to teach them so young so they would know what to do and they wouldn't be a fucking failure embarrassment to the family. They actually made death kits with the doll, mourning clothes, little coffins, and books about mourning to teach them very early on what was going to be expected of them. So having an elaborate and expensive funeral was a D-U-T-Y. Duty. And kind of like a competition, like how parents these days try to outdo each other with their kids' Pinterest parties, and even though the kid doesn't give a fucking shit and would mm-hmm. rather roll around in the mud, mm-hmm. those parties are not for the kids. No. Just as much as these funerals, while they were to honor the deceased, they were not for them. It was a way of showing off. Right. If they felt like there weren't enough mourners gathered to pay their respects, they'd hire them. They basically wanted to get as much fanfare as they could. This meant that families were expected to hire a director, which is where the funeral director job started from. Spend tons on flowers, black horses, extravagant hearses, decorations, and a feast. It was basically the equivalent of planning a wedding today with how much went into it. While funerals for adults meant a black hearse and black horses, funerals for children meant an extravagant white carriage with white ponies. They'd have expensive velvet canopies, and if you were really, really rich, you had ostrich feathers. They had ostrich feathers at their funeral. (laughs) (laughs) They're fucking loaded, man. (laughs) They're loaded. (laughs) Lower class families had to sock money away for years to pay for the types of funerals they were supposed to have, even if this meant going without food or basic necessities. Sometimes saving for a funeral would be the actual cause of their death. Wow. They would starve. Wow. Because they would not not put money in their funeral fund. Wow. Because they could not have this funeral. They'd be failures. If a loved one passed away while in a mental institution or prison, the next of kin would only be given seven days to plan and pay for these funerals, or else the bodies would be automatically donated to science. But they held this belief that the body had to be intact completely at burial so they could eventually rise again. And this left poor families scrambling. Oh. You know, if they die suddenly and you're not prepared. They only had seven days to find and pay for a hearse and coffin and horses and all this other shit. Or they were screwed and their dead loved one was going to be screwed in the afterlife because they would be donated to science and be all fucking cut up. Jesus. Lord. (gasps) So burial clubs became a thing. They're kind of like insurance, basically, where they would pay a small amount weekly to make sure their loved ones could have a funeral that met society's standards. Wow. I'm grossed out by all of it because all the talk about death or no, that they thought they had to do this all shit. of these yeah like the starving to pay for a funeral yeah and the you're you have to be sad but you can't cry mm-hmm. and the you must wear black for two years and at the, least two years. yeah and the, yeah. you have to cover up your mirrors and mm-hmm. and that makes me very sad yeah and Ugh. little little girls were groomed yeah, that's to exactly what be it a is. certain way, mm-hmm. and they shouldn't even have to think about that shit. Right, that's bullshit. I don't like that. No, 
That makes just, me sad. Um, I think I just want to be cremated and made into a tree, one of those tree pods a that tree. we talked about before. Yeah. Did you see the meme where the guy said, he said he wanted to be cremated except for his head. He wanted the skull to be kept intact, and he wanted the ashes from the rest of his body to be made into those gems. Have you ever seen the gems? Like no. They're like the little keepsake with your, like your loved one's loved one's ashes no. he said he wanted two blue gems made out of his ashes and those to be the eyes on his skull that's he really the skull cool. to be left like on the mantle to watch over that's cool the family forever. i want that right that's what i want yep i want that yep. let it be known i know this is my documentation episode what is it 15 it'll be 15 no this is a mini episode doesn't have a number shit <laughs> episode mini sewed <laughs> this is my decree is okay. that what it is <laughs> I a guess. decree. <laughs> this is my manifesto. This is the manifesto of Victoria Nicole Ellis on 5-21-2020. Yeah. But you know what else I was thinking about? They have to wear black forever. Like, we already fucking do anyway, so. Exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Like, right. I feel bad for them because I don't think they probably a lot of them to. probably wanted to, but we would be okay with that rule. Yeah. Because we enjoy black. Yep. All right. Are you going to follow us at all the places? Yeah, you're going to follow us at all the places. Well, first of all, come let us know in Cruel and Unusual, the group, um, what you want done with your body when you die. Oh, God. I can't wait to hear these answers, you guys. Yeah. Ugh. You can email us a story about anything you would like at cruelandunusualthepod at gmail.com. What's our Twitter? Our Twitter is at cruelunusualpod. I've been tweeting all the time. <laughs> She's been tweeting all the time. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Tweet yeah, party. Tweet party. Boy. She's tweeting, 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 tweeting. And Katie. Oh, yes. Instagram. That is at cruelandunusualthepod. And our sources and shit are at cruelinkmedia. When Tori decides to put them up. Dot com. Yeah, maybe not right away, but <gasps> just if you really, really, really need to see all this stuff, just wait keep a couple checking days. Back. Yeah. Our sources are in our show notes every time, too, um, so they're always there. Also, we have a Patreon that you should become a member of. We have many different tiers, starting at a dollar, maybe, or maybe three dollars. Yeah, I think it's two or three. I don't fucking know, but go check that out. We post our original show notes. We do, we've just started doing, depending on the tier that you join, uh, solo episodes for Patreon mm-hmm. members only. Yep. Extra content. Extra content. Premium content yep. over there. And basically what it does, it reimburses us for your fucking good time that you have every Thursday yeah. and every other Tuesday. Okay? Okay. 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 I can't. My we're, brain doesn't work anymore. We're signing off. Okay. We're Love signing you. off. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.